0: what's up everybody my name is josh T berglin and this is spoken word i am so honored to have you here today and this is going to be a little bit different broadcast than i normally do um the irony in this is that this is brand new the reason why this is brand new is because yesterday i tried to do a broadcast and i did an hour and 10 minutes (laughs) on mute and it was a gratitude unfiltered episode and if you know uh, my original talk show was Gratitude Unfiltered. It is, uh, it's something that for me, I journeyed or I, I documented my journey from when I started following Christ right after a brutal meth relapse. Of course, after this meth relapse, I was already a Christian, already following the Lord. And, well, Gratitude Unfiltered is born. Without going to know all the details about it, for years, 400 plus episodes, I did gratitude unfiltered, and I did it in a way that was just burying my soul. It was truly the definition. Of, it is. It was the definition of putting a spotlight on my shadow world. And I did this because, well, God told me I didn't get the luxury of secrets. So gratitude unfiltered for years was a program about putting a spotlight on my shadow world, but also it was to show people a way out of their own personal hell. Because, well. It was how I was getting out of my own. And yesterday on the broadcast that I did, that aired but with no voice, I, I I couldn't understand why in the world I would do a broadcast with no audio, uh, how it happened, because my computer setup, my mic, all that stuff never changes. Sometimes maybe it should, but the fact is it doesn't change. So after just laughing and thought, well, I guess I got a funny tweet out of it, and this is, I guess, that's the purpose for it. I thought that. And I'm like, well, that's simple. And, you know, God has a purpose for everything. And I could accept that because it made for interesting content. Until last night as tornadoes were swirling all around Prior Lake, Minnesota, I could just, I just kept hearing one mic. One mic. And I could hear the beat by Nas nonstop in my head and as I was picturing it, I was picturing a spotlight and then all of a sudden spoken word came to me and you know like most things that pop in our head I think it's in our best interest to go okay God is this what you really want me to do and I have a history of getting visions and just assuming like oh this is what God wants me to do right this second, hence why I married somebody I didn't know uh, which, you know, as crazy as that was, it led to some of the most beautiful years of my life, which I'm currently living. So I have no regrets. But one of the things that I believe came from last night was the realization that we are not to go back to our old selves. And as much as I love gratitude unfiltered i love the direction it's gone now where we are using it as a ministry to to elevate other voices to the voiceless to retake the pulpit to give the pulpit back to the people me going back to something i created years ago was symbolic for me going back to my grave because the fact is who i was then in those 400 episodes of gratitude unfiltered i am no longer I'm not that guy. Am I grateful for my trauma? Yeah, but I don't really think about my past trauma that much. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man that loves the Lord. I'm a family man. And and I'm all about being unfiltered. I'm all about being a shock jock. I'm all about being what God created me to be, a voice for the voiceless. But also a very unapologetic shock jock evangelist. Because I talk about things and will talk about things that most churches never will. So as spoken word with Joshua T. Berglund goes on and continues, it's going to, who knows how it'll evolve and who knows how it'll change. But without all the, the fancy theatrics of a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund, which I'll still be doing as I interview other people and people that I find interesting, this is called spoken word because this will be the unfiltered gospel. This will be, Messages that I feel that God wants me to share. This is going to be ugly sometimes. Sometimes it'll be beautiful. Sometimes it'll be chaotic. Sometimes it's just going to be what it is. And that's okay because it's the spoken word. It's the spoken word that I'm led to share. I do not know the Bible, Ex- I, an expert, can't recite too many verses off the top of my head, but I do love the Lord. I do love the Bible, and I do have my issues with it sometimes, too. And I will admit to that. I will never pretend to be the most holy man on the planet. But like David in the Bible, who was very imperfect, he had a heart for the Lord, almost like no one else. And my heart for the Lord is that. But I am also a warrior. I will also share experiences that I understand from that that Maybe others don't. I will share from a viewpoint that most won't understand. All the while, I'm going to talk about the things that I believe the church should be talking about. So with that said, today's broadcast, today's message is about discernment. It's the same message that I tried to deliver yesterday. As I, as I was sharing about a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund, one of the things about that program is that I interview people that have been victim of CPS, uh, taking their children. I, have, I interview people that have been victims of MKUltra. I interview people that have been trafficked, uh, human trafficking. I interview people that are fighting against organ harvesting. We put a spotlight on the shadow world. That said, one of the things that has happened in my interviews, of course, we've we've had profits on as well, but one of the things that is crucial and is absolutely important to me to address is this, not everybody that I have on my programs is telling the truth, but I, with everything in me, will never stop giving an opportunity to elevate other people's voice, even if they're a liar. Because as much as I try to do my due diligence and try to confirm who is legit and who is not. And if you haven't noticed, it's tougher today than it's ever been. But I will make the mistake again of having someone on that's a fraud or maybe it's not even a mistake. Maybe by giving somebody the spotlight, they'll shine a light on their own shadow world, exposing their own lies. If that happens, so be it. But I'm not going to say no to somebody just because I may think what they're dealing with is a questionable. But the fact is that we all could use better discernment. Discerning about what's true on TV, not much. Discerning what a prophet may say to you. Discerning whether or not somebody's truly a freedom fighter or truly somebody that Is freeing human trafficking victims somebody that really genuinely cares about those that are suffering? The fact is that there's fraudulent organizations all over the world. They, They say that they're nonprofits, but really what they are is a money laundering organization. These are things that are part of life and part of reality. And unfortunately, none of us can actually be really perfect when it comes to saying who's legit and who's not. But I believe by giving people the spotlight and allowing them to put it on their shadow world, the truth will get exposed, whether it's immediate or down the road. And in my case, sometimes it's down the road too many. And one thing I've I've gotten a lot of criticism for with my other broadcast is that, well, some of these people are frauds. Well, yeah. and, And it sucked. It sucked having somebody that called themselves a prophet of God speak life into me and speak words to me that I needed to hear at that time and come to find out they're witches it happens And frankly there's a spirit of witchcraft all over the church right now and it's not just in this world but it's also within the walls of the church why we have this channel Church Redefined is simply redefining church Making, tearing down the walls of the church to make room for the misfits and outcasts. It's needed. How many of you out there have not felt welcome or safe in the church? How many of you have shared your testimony in front of a small group and, and then, wow, this is a powerful testimony, but then you're not welcome back the next week to the Bible study? How many of you Have something that you feel that could impact the church in a positive way. If a message from your heart about what God has done for you, but you're not given the time of day because you don't fit into the role. It's funny, one of the things that I get to experience as an actor is a lot of rejection. Not too much rejection straight to my face because they just don't call back. But I gotta tell you, the majority of the rejection that I've actually gotten to experience and see has come directly from the secretary of churches all over this country. It bothers me. So instead of complaining and wanting to, you know, destroy the church and all that, I, I I don't have the heart for that. I think God will work that out himself. He doesn't need me to do it. He just needs me to speak the truth. He needs me to speak the words that he gives me. I will never call myself a prophet. However, sometimes prophetic things come out of my mouth. I will say them a shock joke, but that's pretty easy nowadays if you're willing to tell the truth. So, Gratitude Unfiltered, my original show, the show I tried to do yesterday, was simply this I was putting a spotlight on my shadow world, as I said. But it also served as a confessional. Because when God came to me during that meth relapse, he told me, You don't get the luxury of sharing secrets or keeping secrets anymore. You're going to show people the supernatural power of truth. Just because I'm no longer doing gratitude unfiltered, even as a guest host, that's for other people, um, I will do it through a spoken word. So without further ado, um, I'm grateful that you're here. Today we're going to talk about discernment. We're going to get into what the Bible says about discernment, and uh, we're going to read some verses. I may go off on a rant. I may break a sweat. I may end up having to tear my jacket off because all I have is a spotlight on. And it's pretty freaking warm. But thank you for being here. Uh, this is probably going to get a little intense. It should be a little bit fun. But nonetheless, I am grateful for your, that you're here. And, um, yeah, I pray that this speaks to you be right back. That We take these dudes to wall, lie them down, cause we're stronger now, my people's so the time is now, all I need is one mic, one mic. all I need, That's all I need, all I need is one mic. one mic, there's nothing else in the world, all I need is one mic, one mic. So all I nigga need to do his thing, you know, all I need is one mic. One mic. All i need this one life one try one breath of one man what i stand for speaks for itself <sighs> heavenly father thank you so much for the opportunity to speak this message holy spirit come holy spirit i can't do this without you i am not qualified enough to share this message without you i need you i need your presence now Father, I pray that I speak the words that you choose for me to speak only. I pray that you open the hearts and minds of people, everyone that, everyone that's watching you open their heart and their mind to your word, but also to the message that you call me to deliver. And I pray that this message on discernment teaches and equips and also gives people the confidence to have faith in their discernment instead of questioning it. Holy Spirit, you're, you're with us for a reason. So you can burn out the bad, remove the nasty, and also bring life to what was once dead. You're amazing like that. And I thank you for all that you've done for me. And I thank you for all that you're going to do through this message. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, my name is Joshua T. Berglund. And uh, we're going to get into discernment. We are on the Live Mana Network. And I want to say thank you so much for being here. Um, this, is, uh, this is part of the Church Redefined channel. And uh, I'm, I'm praying and hope that there's other ministries that want to be a part of this movement because we need people that speak the truth. We need people that speak some, the, the word is what is it, uh, is sharper than a two-edged sword. And, and I pray that this message cuts right through all the BS and gets right to the heart of things. So here's the thing. I was, I was talking earlier about how the, we, 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 we have so many people that are pretending to be freedom fighters. We have somebody, we have the Q movement that's pretending to bring the awakening and pretending that, you know, we're going to, we're, everything's going to be okay. And to trust the plan and to just, just trust, you know, just battle with your beams and, and just trust that everything's going to work out and just trust that the military is going to do all the things for us. And if you're not familiar with the Q movement, don't waste your time researching it. They have amazing propaganda, just like all the news that's given to us every day. We, are surre- we have so many different means of media. Social media. We have print media. We have video media like this and audio media, podcast media and radio media, TV, movies. It's all propaganda. And then we have this mo- these different movements. We've got mega and ultra-maga, or called mega. <laughs> MAGA and ultra-maga and Q. And, and we have libertarians and we have all of these different sects of people fighting for freedom. But freedom means something completely different to everyone else. And it really gets confusing. We have all of these new heroes popping up. We have this belief that Elon Musk is going to restore freedom of speech without paying attention to the bigger picture of what's at play. Because we're so focused on this small thing. Like, I love the meme that I've seen where it's a spotlight. I'm sorry, it's the camera focused on chaos in this small little circle that only the lens can pick up. But over here, it's a whole other world. Everything is meant to scare us. Everything is meant to create fear. Now that COVID has been proven to be what it is, and of course there's some people that still believe Fauci, there's some people that still believe what's coming out of their news. They're ignoring the Pfizer documents. Like, proof can be shown to people's face. But somehow the propaganda that has been force-fed us since the beginning of my life, at least, 42 years, almost 43. Propaganda, propaganda everywhere. We are told that we have to choose sides as Democrat or Republican. And of course, wherever you're watching from around the world, I would imagine that you have a system that's very, very similar. But even you are a victim of propaganda to the point that you do not know where to believe. There's a very famous guy. uh, He's a famous KGB defectant. His name is Yuri Klinsman, I think is his last name. In fact, the memes are all over the place today. But you can find Russian KGB defector, Yuri. Y-U-R-I. Just search him. Listen to his video. What he said back in like 1979. He talked about how the United States was going to fall, not because of war, not because of bombing, not because of a nuclear holocaust. They're going to... They're going to be eliminated from subversion. And one of the things that it talks about is that we are going to feed propaganda from every possible direction. Your schools, your news, your TV, your movies, to the point that you're going to be so blinded with disinformation. So blinded with disinformation that you will be able to look directly at facts disproving everything you've been told, but you won't be able to believe it. And here we are. Two Pfizer dumps of information about what is in the jab, and they're still telling you to go get vaccinated and get boosted. And people are still doing it. Even after it's been proven that it's meant to hurt you. This this is not about the vaccine. It's about discernment. How do we know who to trust when we have people that pretend to be the good guy, pretend to be for you? Make America great again. I don't believe that the Lord Jesus Christ gives a crap about one country being greater than the other especially when a god created us to all be equal oh sure i have strengths that others don't but i have weaknesses that others where others have strength that's the beauty of the body of christ is that we all get to play a role and the world that i want to see the world that i want to that i want to live in the world as the world's mayor want to create is where everyone is elevated into their gifting, elevated into the purpose in which God created them. It's why the Live Mana Worldwide Foundation, my wife and I's uh, nonprofit media organization, and why the Live Mana Network, the digital Noah's Ark is here, is because we want to elevate the voices for the voiceless. We want to elevate people that are operating in their God-given gifts. Because if we're operating in our God-given gifts, We don't have time to be distracted with nonsense. We don't even have time to be scared. We don't have time to be scared. Because we're busy living. And when you're living in your God-given purpose, the best thing about it is that you are closer to God the entire time. Your discernment is on point. When you're living in your purpose, you don't have time for resentments or anger. You don't have time for jealousy because you're running your own race. That's why the media uses fear to paralyze you. It's why the media is is giving you propaganda to distract you because one fact that people don't talk about enough is this the devil the enemy whatever you want to call that evil bastard whatever you want to call it he doesn't have to break your kneecaps he doesn't have to whack you or give you a cement bath to well, I mean I guess if he gives you a cement bath you're uh you yeah you're done but I mean what I'm saying is he didn't have to kill you to destroy your purpose in fact if really to be honest with you even if he did kill you but you were living your purpose before he did kill you well then you get to leave a legacy and you're a martyr and then your legacy gets to live on and i've in my experience sometimes um the spirit world is way more real than this world that's probably a loose connection and i'm sure somebody will disprove that or argue it but whatever, I don't care. The fact is, to me, the spirit world is way more real than what we exist in now. Having faith in things we can't see, well, I've got a plenty of faith. And my faith is is in something I've never seen. I've had encounters. I've, had, I've felt his presence. But I've never actually been able to shake his hand. Never been able to say, hey, thanks for that. <laughs> other than or at least see him when i'm saying thank you we propaganda is uh, oh, my original point sorry the all we all the devil has to do is distract us he doesn't have to break our knees he doesn't have to do any of that if he distracts us like my phone ringing right now as I'm trying to speak to you. It's a distraction to break my focus, right? These things happen. Phone's still ringing. <laughs> you would think you would think that it would stop, right? But evidently, this is a prime example of distract because I was on a flow and then the phone rings because I forgot to turn off the ringer. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, what was I talking about? Sometimes that's enough to get me to look over here when my eyes are supposed to be fixated on Jesus and what God promises and what God says and what Jesus said. Because didn't he say to keep your eyes fixated on me? But if I'm worried about the latest conspiracy theory, if I'm worried about what the latest meme says and that's, or the, the latest news article that's being suppressed or whatever they be, if I'm focused on all of that, how can I hear... God, talk to me. How can I hear God say, this is true, this isn't? Because one of the other things that I've learned about discernment is this. Anything we ask God, if we ask it, we get a word from a prophet. Or somebody speaks, they they say something to us that sounds a little outrageous. And if we have doubt or we question it, hey, this is what God wants for you. Or hey, this is, you know, God, God says this. God will confirm. God will confirm. All you have to do is ask him. And that confirmation will come through another person. It may come through a phone call. It may come from the word of God. Speaking of the word of God, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen 13 to 15. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. How many of you have been hurt by the church? How many of you have been part of a congregation where you have a pastor who seems like he's like sitting right next to Jesus, right? That's how he appears on stage. He's got this aura about him, this command of the crowd with his NLP and his master for control of the audience. Oh, wow. How many of you have heard the Hellfire, damnation, messages from the pulpit, from the man that I, the man, woman that I'm even speaking about, and then you find out that they're a kid toucher. You find out that they're cheating on their spouse. They're cheating. Uh, they're cheating on the church. They're stealing money from the church. They're not doing what with your tithes, what they say they're going to do. Whatever it may be, whatever scandal. And if you haven't noticed, a lot of these megachurches around the world, and I won't name the names. I won't name them. Figure it out for yourself. It's all public information. But these people we've put on a pedestal, these people that we've looked up to, these people that we've considered to be, wow, this is worship music. Wow, this message, this feels, oh, this is empowering. And you find out that they're crooks. How many people have disguised themselves as freedom fighters and really what they're trying to do is lead you astray? They're serving as a distraction. I believe, unfortunately, MAGA, that you are a part of this. Like, I'm not here to badmouth anybody, but I have to tell you that if you're waiting on Donald Trump to come back and take over the presidency, which that wish will get granted, (laughs) I'm pretty confident that he will be put back in office but I'm also pretty, pretty, pretty confident to the point that I've been saying that since March of 2020, that Donald Trump is going to be responsible for bringing in the B system. I mentioned Elon Musk and Starlink. The B system is not possible without Starlink. But the way that they work, where they just throw freedom and they throw these buzzwords, they throw these things that matter to the people that are desperate that they throw these words out, these messages of hope. They they make promises that they're never going to keep. But we are so blinded by these promises because we are so desperate for something. And I believe it's because there's a hole in our soul. And that, in our thinking of, there's going to be a hero to come save us. What if I told you that you were meant to be the hero? What if I told you that you, living in your purpose, you being what God created you to be, you being obedient to the call, to what the Spirit is prompting you to do, what if I told you that you get to be the hero? And yes, it takes more than one. But it does take you deciding that you are going to be that. And guess what? A hero, not to use the, 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 the ridiculous thing, not all heroes wear capes, but not all heroes wear capes. And not all heroes are in front of a camera. Not all heroes are all over the news and in the print and all of that. Sometimes the heroes are the ones that are behind the scenes, the ones that are working in the shadows, the ones that don't need recognition. Those are the heroes. But simply this, just being what God created you to be will turn you into the superhero that you're meant to be. And I know you're not going to find that message directly in the Bible, but I will tell you, That Jesus said very clearly that we will do these things and even greater. Don't, this is where I'm not good on the verse. I know he said it because I've read it 800 times. I don't remember the exact verse. But if Jesus said that you will do more than even he, the most amazing human on the planet ever to exist, the most perfect, the most holy, the most loving the perfect example of all that we get to be. If he said that we will do even greater things than he, I believe it. And that's how I'm living my life to be that. I want all that God has for me. And I can tell you after living the life that I lived, the life of a 20 plus year chem sex addict. If you don't know what a chem sex addict is, it's basically you take a drug addict, like a meth coke addict, and a sex addict, and you put it all together, and you let that demon run wild for over 20 years. I didn't get HIV from eating Cheerios. I haven't had three divorces. I didn't lose my children. I didn't lose all of that from being a good guy. The devil inside me, the, the, the book that my wife and I wrote, the movie that we made, Uh, my testimony is some dark, evil, twisted stuff. And that's what God delivered me from. And guess what? It was a journey. It wasn't always perfect. How gratitude unfiltered, what I referenced the very beginning was born. It was born of a month-long meth relapse, two years, two and a half years into following Jesus. And if you want to judge me, okay, go for it. That's fine. It doesn't really affect anything with me. Because I know who I am. I know that my sin and my failures are forgiven. And I also know by confessing it and talking about it openly that God got to use it for something good. In fact, God has used everything that was meant to destroy me and kill me, has used it as revenge on the enemy and for the fuel tank of my purpose. Everything I get to do is because of what God did with my poo. One of the toughest things for me in my early years of following the Lord was discernment. After coming out of, you know, the getting out of jail when I'm facing five years and I and the job that I had, somehow I kept that job. And then, of course, after that's when I ended up homeless for a little bit. And it, that's that's a story I don't need to get into. But one of the things, because, you know, I grew up around success. I'd always been successful. Because I walked into a good situation. I had a great home. I mean, other than the abuse. But, I mean, I grew up with success going to the country club all the time. I, I knew what it looked like. I knew how to carry myself professionally. I had the gift for gab. I knew how to talk myself out of situations. I knew how to talk myself into sales. But I was also very service-minded, and that helped. But when I lost everything, I found that money was very, very hard to make. I didn't realize at the time that God was teaching me something. But I also didn't recognize how many sharks and snakes were out there that would see my light. How many of you can relate to this? Where you're just a bright light, but you keep getting your face stepped on. You keep getting crushed. You get crushed by people that you open your heart to, and you and they just want you to like. You want to. Told you to take it off. Like you, they crush your soul because they betray you. You, you, they make these promises to you. We're going to give you an opportunity. You're going to get the promotion. You're going to get the starring role. We're going to pay you the commission. Just help us out. We'll, we'll take care of you. I promise. Yeah, sign the contract. Sure. And then what? Then you do have it paid. For years in my walk after finding the Lord, every time I, mean, I could feel God saying to me, and obedience does tie into discernment. And I'll, I'll get into this in some mixed, twisted way, I'm sure. But the, I, God, I could feel God saying, just spend time with me. But I'm like, God, well, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay rent? To spend time with me. That's not going to do anything. I'll, I'll spend some time with you. And then I'm going to go look for a job. And every job that came around the corner promising More money, more this, more that. Every one of them turned into be a freaking disaster. Like heartbreaking, ripped out of my face disaster. And it was the most miserable thing. Why, God, why are you doing this to me? told you to spend time with me. And what I didn't understand at the time, and this is what happened during that big meth relapse that created Gratitude Unfiltered. was that I didn't understand rest, resting in him, letting him heal me through rest and soaking and spending time with him. And it changed everything when I finally listened. And then in the rest, I could hear him speak and he would tell me what I needed to do. And it defied everything that the world said to do. It defied seeking a job, the big paying job that was going to allow me to buy another hundred thousand dollar car and to do all that stuff and to live in Beverly Hills and spend time. And you know what? I did it, and I've been doing it since. And it, yeah, it's taken the shape and form of a job: getting a media organization, which is a nonprofit, which we serve, getting this 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 network, the Live Mana network, after being kicked off of networks for sharing the stories of human trafficking victims. God got me God got me to a place where he wanted me to be, but it, I had to be obedient then and, and now. But that obedience then to just rest and do nothing, God provided everything I needed. I lived in Beverly Hills for free for a year in a guest house, thank God. And I lived, it was in a non-believer's house. That happened because I was obedient. But that obedience also allowed me to heal. So the voices in my head and the confusion and the people that I was surrounding myself with, I was able to see these people were not for me. These were not the right people to belong in my life. I got to weed all that out. And it took time. And now when I I got in a position where it's like, okay, now I want you to go out. Now I want you to go physically serve me. Now I want you to physically go do these things. But then there's other types of discernment. Because when you get into the position of, well, now I'm here to serve and help people and use my gifts to, to, to elevate others and to help others. well, then you get to deal with some con men, people that see your light and they want a part of it. And they just want to suck you dry. I just want to leech off of you and take from you but never giving you anything back and look i know that it's it's more blessed to give than receive but when you have vampires in your life you don't want to be on the receiving end of their sucking i promise you people discerning between who's a good prophet who's not And the people that come out of the woodwork that say that they believe in you and they want to help you and really all they want to do is take advantage of you. Have you dealt with it? 1 Thessalonians 5.21, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. God will confirm. If something seems too good to be true, don't just assume it's true and don't just assume it's not. Ask God. It's a great way of building your trust with the Lord. When you wait on confirmation, because I promise you this, in my experience with getting words or getting a vision of something, it doesn't mean do it now. So you have time to wait. And if it's something that needs to happen sooner, God will confirm sooner. I've had some confirmations. Um, I'll give you one. I shared this yesterday yesterday. And uh, I probably can't share the story with this the same amount of enthusiasm, but the the I got this word. I was in LA, at Radiance International Church, and this guy named David, who's been a friend since this moment, um, and I and it's somebody that I miss a lot. But in Radiance International, the very back of the church, I come next to him. I'm sitting in the back. I don't know anybody. Super small church. He looks at me. And he, I, I won't go into everything he did because I don't want to like, be weird or embarrassing of him. But he just said, I, I, I have a word for you. And I, I've never seen anything like this. But then he shared me and he shared me this whole long thing. But he ended it with this. And this is the part that stuck out to me to remember. He said, God is preparing a table or a seat at the table of your enemies. And I'm like, he didn't know anything about me. He didn't know what I was trying to do. He didn't know that I wanted to just transform Hollywood for the better. He didn't know that I wanted to be the face of media for all the right reasons. He didn't know that I wanted to change how Christian music and Christian media and Christian just media in general, music in general, movies in general. He didn't know what I wanted to do. But when he said that, I could see it clearly. I thought it was going to happen right then. But I didn't know about God confirming. I didn't know that sometimes visions take a little bit longer to play out. But by the grace of God, I asked for confirmation when I knew that it was confirmation because I could hear the word taunting me all the time as I was struggling, as I was waiting for the breakthrough, as I was waiting for finances to be able just to go get food or to, to, to eventually get my own place, any of that stuff. And he said, you're going to get a seat at your enemy's table. It took six months for God to confirm. He confirmed, but it, the way he confirmed, it still meant there was a waiting period. It was frustrating. Confirmed again six months ago. Confirmed again two weeks ago. Confirmed again two days ago. And confirmed again yesterday. This word. And why does that matter? Because the confirmation was to remind me that I'm on my right track. but And not to give up. Discernment and asking for confirmation of the Lord which he will give you will bring you those things. And sometimes... It's the discernment to know when to keep a word and when not to, because have you ever been given a word that didn't apply to you, but it haunted you? First Timothy six, three to five. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produces envy, dissension, slander, evil, suspicions, constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. How many people have weaponized the word against you? How many people that have claimed to be a Christian have hurt you? A lot, I'm sure, right? In my case, one of the biggest areas of forgiveness that I had that I didn't even know I, that I had and needed was my forgiveness of the people that hurt me in church. Everything from, uh, what do you call that when you go, the youth group, right? When you go to the youth ministry, that thing. And then other preachers, then be getting the rejection letters that hey, you know, you don't get, you very rarely get rejections from a casting agent, but you know what? I guess the church has no problem writing you rejection letters because I've got plenty. Being told that ah, you don't really fit our vision. It's church. It's church. A hospital for sinners. Not a freaking parade for saints, but it sure acts like a parade of saints. Or the checkbox. Yeah, showed up at church today. My favorite thing about LA and even Minnesota, where I'm at now, or even Florida for that matter, is you're not really pressured to go to church. So the people that are there are there because they want to be there. So it's a pretty powerful, amazing experience. But where I grew up in Oklahoma, you're checking the box if you go to church. Like, that's just part of it. And I can't tell you how many times I went to church and then I went and got an eight ball right after I left. Or it would start with drinks, then get the eight ball. I did it after the salvation prayer. I did coke in church in Florida once. Not proud of it, but it happened. Like, it didn't mean anything. And this is not why I'm not allowed to speak in the church, but maybe it's because I'm honest about where I'm at with my walk. And you know what? Being honest where you're at with your walk is way more powerful than anything else that you'll ever hear. Because you know what? It's honest. And you know what? Other believers then, with the honesty, go. Eh, I'm struggling here too. Truth will attract your tribe. The the the, the weaponizing the word as another thing to me is that. These all of these interpretations of what verses say in the end does it really matter? Because the way that to me that you can judge a situation, not a person, but judge a situation, or no, like hey, is this somebody I want to follow? You look at the fruit. Is their fruit ripe? Are the words that they speak, speaking life to you? Are they producing fruit in you? Are, you, are they producing fruit? What is their home life like? These things matter. And, and, I, and I believe that operating in the fruits of the Spirit kind of take care of everything else. So your interpretation and the different doctrines and the different belief systems and all that really doesn't matter if you are not living out the definition of what love is. What is it? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is, you know what I mean? Does not envy. Does not boast. That. Is this person doing that or are they lashing out? Are they accusing other people? And this is one of the things that I see in the freedom fighter movement. This is one of the things that I see it is is there's just a lot of lashing out and blaming and pointing the finger and saying you're going to jail you're doing this and you're doing that but there's nothing to ever show for it does it ever happen no but then you see this vengeance and this anger and this rage dude i'm the most i used to be the most angry and pissed off person in the world i despise evil i fight evil every single day i get to see real evil every single day I still have joy in my heart. And you know something else? And I think another thing is this, is that if God is telling us to pray for our enemies, what good is lashing out at them going to do? I cannot stand Joe Biden for everything he's been for over, ever since he's been in office. Cannot stand him. I cannot stand Donald Trump either. Do you think they are... The examples of are they good examples of Jesus? Probably not considering that Joe Biden supports abortion and at the time of birth abortion, you really, really good Catholic come on. Come on. And this is not political, but it's it's like a fake hero worship. None of them display the fruits of the spirit. And we have too many people putting our faith in these leaders and that all they're going to do is let you down. But at the same time, shouldn't we be praying for God to work in their life? Can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine what would happen if Joe Biden repented of his gross amount of sins? Can you imagine what would happen if Donald Trump, and he won't do it because he's the Antichrist, but... Can you imagine if if Donald Trump said, I need forgiveness? Because he's already said he didn't need forgiveness. He takes his little cracker and his little wine. And that's the only time I really drink wine is when I'm taking communion. My little cracker. Does anyone that represents Jesus speak that way? But guess what? We get to pray for them anyway. We get to pray for Nancy Pelosi. We get to pray for the heads of Planned Parenthood. We get to do that. But we're not, even though it clearly says in the Bible that we are to pray for our enemies. And to me, they are my mortal enemies and I got to pray for them. And do I think, and I get bad about this too because I can be a troll, especially on Twitter. But do we really think that lashing out and calling these people names, I hate, I cannot stand Bill Gates either. And I do go at him sometimes and I do repent of that. See, I'm not perfect. Makes me mad. (laughs) Because I really would rather kick him in the nuts. I'd rather give him a titty twister. I'd rather do that. Because he's an evil clown. He's an evil clown. I would rather do that. I get to pray for him. Maybe praying for them. We pray for our neighbor. We pray for family members to find Jesus and they're evil. Why not our leaders? Because, you know, they have a little bit more power than probably our nephew or uncle or dad or brother. Because so if they change, they've got influence. But it's also not, I'm not telling you to just to go have a party with him either. Because being surrounded by that evil can't be good for you either. And it will cloud your ability to discern. What is this one? You know, I'm going to read this again. Um, this is 1 Corinthians 2, 9-13. But as it is written... What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagine, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? Ultimately, I do not believe that we can have good discernment without the Holy Spirit. And the thing about the Holy Spirit is you can have a lot of the Holy Spirit or you can have some of it. It's kind of like, you know, you have a blood clot and blood's not flowing freely. Well, you can have a Holy Spirit clot, meaning you got some sin clot and the Holy Spirit's just not able to flow all the way. And you just got this little part here. That's blocking the full ability of the Holy Spirit. That's why I think less of me, more of you is such a powerful prayer. Why it's a powerful prayer to say, Holy Spirit, whatever does not belong to me, remove it. What's the craziest thing ever is that if when Jessica and I fight, which is not even that much, but when we fight, you know, because we're strong personalities. I live in a house full of alphas. My wife, my two daughters, alphas. They're queens and kingdom and strong and dominant personalities and leaders. And they have the ability to stand on their own. And how God put us together to make the family that we have now is amazing. But I do know without God and without the Holy Spirit, this would be a mess. But instead, it's beautiful. We make an amazing team. But when we fight, one of the very first prayers both of us have, she would say this too. I think she has said this publicly on her show, is that we surrender the relationship. If this doesn't belong to me, God take it. Like Why he would do that, I, I don't know, but I'll surrender anything to God. Any fear, any anxiety, any financial concern and stress, any any situation that I feel like I want to try to control, I know to surrender it because by surrendering it, I'm giving the creator an opportunity for him to use it for his purpose. And I have this amazing thing to tell you that anything you'll surrender to God, he will use in your, for your best interest and for the glory of God, of course. But things tend to work out better when you give it to God to use, because we in our flesh as human beings are just simply well train wrecks. Sometimes we'll screw things up when we try to control it. That song, "Jesus Take the Wheel," makes sense because I've been in a bunch of wrecks. I've got I've had a bunch of tickets. I don't even like to drive. I just take. I'd rather take Uber. In fact, I pretty much do take Uber. My my life is in better hands with Uber than me driving. My life is in better hands when I give it to God. And that's for all of you. That's for all of you. What God has for you is so much better than anything you can dream up. And here's the thing. God, the dreams and vision, the dreams and visions that God gives you are God showing you what's possible. If you choose him, but, but, but what he has for you is even better than what he shows you. I'm living it today. Multiple overdoses, I think six overdoses, HIV, two bankruptcies, homeless, lost three marriages, lost the right to see My twins I have an older daughter who have, you know, it's been this yo-yo relationship. I would do anything to have her back in my life. And sometimes she's there, sometimes she's not. Right now, this season, she's mad at me for telling the truth. But, But I have two daughters now for my amazing wife, because God has restored everything in my life except for the former riches that I used to have and and my twins. But everything else has been restored and then some. And I know in time God's going to heal that other part too. I don't care what you've lost. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who's hurt you. I don't care any of that. And when I say I don't care, it's only to say that God can take all of that, hurt, disappointment, brokenness, confusion, lack of trust. He can take that and use it for good. Use it for your good. I don't believe in raise your hand salvation. It'll never happen here. It's not my thing. I don't believe in it because I don't believe it comes from your heart. I don't believe that using someone else's words to help you get to heaven is as effective as you just saying. This is not working for me anymore. My way, the way I've been living my life. This is not working. I'm sick of this. I want what you have for me, God. I don't even know fully what that is, but it's got to be better than what I'm dealing with. Take my life, Lord. It's yours. My life is no longer my own. It's yours. That's what I said. Changed my life forever. I'm sure there's technicalities you can say, well, I believe you died on the cross for me. Some of the most mighty men I know in the Lord simply just surrendered. Take my life, Lord, it's yours. Thank you for saving I believe that if you call onto God and you want something different for your life, he'll give it to you. And I will tell you that if I would have known years ago how exciting, how insane, and how crazy, and how fun, and how joyous my life would be serving the Lord, (laughs) I may have done a lot less meth, had sex with a lot less strange people, I mean, who knows? But I will tell you, the dragon that I was chasing, the high that I was chasing, all that stuff, it never made me happy. I never had peace. I never had joy because I was too focused on the next thrill. I can sit quietly now. And God show me something that will give me the biggest thrill. Or God say, okay, go do this. Okay. And it's exhilarating. And I'm high for weeks. But not on anything illegal or (laughs) semi-illegal. Just high on the Lord. God can change your life. And look, you know, tying this back to discernment is this. It is a process. It is not perfection. One thing that you can do in the face of failing at discerning properly is simply saying, what can I learn from this experience? Because even every situation in life, even if it doesn't end the way you want it to, is there to teach you something if you're open to being taught. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, God bless you. And uh, see you again. Bye.